Welcome to episode 315. That's three. It's one. It's five. It's the Ines. Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined as ever by my buddy, my friend, my mate. It is Mr. Tim. Oh, sorry, Liam Keane. <laughs> that is so poor for me. That is so, so poor. I'm, I'm Slip of the tongue, baby. Constantly living in that man's shadow. It's disgusting. Oh, but Jamie Presenton. <laughs> you nasty guy. We've had a few. We've had a few. We've had a few reporters over the years. To be fair, um, some some longer than others, but I, I, definitely you are definitely one hundred percent the most recent. And we appreciate you. We appreciate everything that you do, Mister Liam King, for this beautiful football club that they call Wolverhampton Wanderers. How are you doing, son? How are you doing, lad? I'm good. Well, you, you did strike gold with with Tim, and um, and I think he. You, Old gold. You, you, you've mined diamonds over here with me. Oh, I love that. To, I love that. You, uh, you've done all right. Yeah, you've done all right. No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling happy. Mm. I'm feeling mm. ready to go. I'm sat on the edge of a bed in my sister's house once again, but I'm ready to go. You're ready to move, literally. You're ready literally to go. You get out of that house and, 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 and go, to, go to your new little shack. <laughs> shack is one way to put it, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's all moving in the right direction, so we're hoping we might still get it before Christmas, but it, oh. there's obviously no guarantees, and that's a quick turnaround, so it might mm. be ambitious, but we're hoping and praying. If you do get in before Christmas, you've got to put a Christmas tree up, but do you go fake or do you go real? I mean, I'm not... I don't really mind either. I think, having spoke to Rosie about it, we'd probably go down the real route. Oh, really new house, all those... All those, all those needles everywhere. Yeah, well, the only thing that might stop us doing that is if mm. we get in so late and it's like the week before Christmas, there's probably not yeah. much point in getting a real one. But, um, yeah, I think we're both quite into Christmas. We both, mm. yeah, we're, we're very festive, so. Oh, I, I love I Christmas, nice. mate. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's not, not, not quite Halloween, but it's good. I mean, come on. No, I do I do like a bit of Christmas. You do like, you, are you more of a... Are you more of a, a giver or a taker? <laughs> what? This is a family show. Um... Uh, <laughs> I'm very much a giver. I'm very much. Oh, I, like, I, like, I like to. I like to. I like to. I like to. I like to buy. I like to. I like to for people to enjoy. See their. See the smile on their face when they when they receive their presents. Rather than than I'm obviously I'm, I'm quite happy to. To open a few cracking, cracking presents, but yeah, I like to be the the generous one. I, of course, I like to do that as well. But un- unfortunately, for the sort of awkwardness of this innuendo, I'm probably more the taker. There's no in, there's no innuendo. What are you talking about? Lana's got the Hoover on. Stitch is going mental. It's uh, it's all a bit crazy. Man. Can't believe it. Unbelievable. Um, the, timing, the timing's incredible. Uh, it's absolutely stunning to be fair. Um, I'll, I'll, oh my goodness, this is crazy. One second, just bear with me. We'll, we'll carry the recording on. You talk about talk about something. I don't care. One second. Okay. I mean, I tell you what, this is a real responsibility here. Um, three and a half minutes into. Wow. The, I mean, this sounds like sounds like the dog's being attacked. Um, three and a half minutes into the recording, where um, normally Judah will team me up with a football-related thing to waffle about when he has to run away and sort the dogs out. 
Instead, I'm left. Okay. The banter section. Oh, well, he's back. Look, I'm back. I'm, I'm back. Sorry, talk. sorry, sorry. Um, I managed to say almost nothing in the space of 25 <laughs> seconds, so it was pretty good. What, um, what was I going to say? Um, fireworks for you? No. Um, no. Not, not because I'm sort of against it, but the weather wasn't great, and obviously with the game, you know, mm. we were busy, and yeah, I just thought, nah, I just came back, got the work done, uh, chilled out Sunday. I had a nice, uh, nice couple of days away. We took the dogs away. It was Baloo's 11th birthday. Um, and we went to a lovely place. I don't know if anyone's um, heard of it called The Fish uh, in the Cotswolds, which is about 45 minutes from Dorridge. Lovely place, 400 acres of woodland, lots of kind of like wooden cabins and, and little cottages all around, kind of like a main restaurant and bar and, and, uh, and I guess, chilling out area. Beautiful, beautiful walk. Place called Broadway. Have you heard of that? Broadway mm, in the Cotswolds? I'm not sure I have. Uh, no, no, I have actually, because I've oh. been to the village just um, just near it recently, Chipping Camden. Oh, yes, Chipping Camden, the Chipping yeah, Norton. recently. Honestly, like, I sometimes forget how how much beauty we've got on our doorstep, mate. And, like, absolutely gorgeous. Like, did, like, a eight, nine-mile walk the, on the um, on the Monday and, and wandered around with the dogs. And, you know, I like a good village wandering around the high street, seeing all the kind of, like, old cottages and old signs and, and popping in. It was it was great, lovely. And then, you know, you come back a day and a half later, fully refreshed and ready to go for the week. And then you go to Shrewsbury Town last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mate, people have got less for murder, haven't they, than going to oh. Shrewsbury Town. I tell you what, Incredible. I mean, I, I did enjoy one of the reply when I put my my tweet out pre-game saying, "Have you been Anthony Taylor?" I mean, it felt that it really felt that it was it was freezing, it was dire. How you can watch that every week or every other week if you're a home fan and pay money to watch it? I mean, or getting paid to watch it, but crikey! I mean, you could have paid me triple and I wouldn't have gone again. That's me. That's me done for the 2023 at Shrewsbury. God, awful. Awful. Well, you, you've ticked the uh, the quota. Uh, you, you're done now. All we've got to do is go watch uh, Warsaw lose at, uh, at the best spot <laughs> now, and then uh, you, you've done the trifecta. I won't be doing. I won't be watching them lose away. That's for certain. No chance, especially when they're <laughs> twenty minutes away. Go. Um, right. Let's 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 move on to. Um, I, I guess uh, we've got to talk about it. Sheffield United two, Wolverhampton Wanderers one. Yet again, Liam. Um, a insignificant fixture, you'd have thought, on the um, on the old calendar when it comes to big games this weekend, and yet everyone is talking about the game. So let's go straight to the uh, main talking point points and uh, and the craziness of of the end of the game. Um, you've had a few days to think about it, to maybe look at it, to uh, to see what other people are saying, what are your views of it, and has it changed much since um, since Saturday at about five o'clock? Not really, uh, in terms of changing. I suppose, you, reflecting on the game and, and werewolves are out, you probably have to be, which I think we did at the time as well, if we're being completely fair, but you have to be fair looking at the game and say that Wolves also have themselves to blame um, for that to, to 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 some extent. Obviously not the decision, but the, 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 the result as it was. It's just frustrating, isn't it? Because you look at how Wolves played in that first half and there's no way Wolves should be losing that game. No. And I mean, I was probably careful. <laughs> I was careful <laughs> on the video after the game with how I phrased this. I think we both were mm-hmm. on the pod. I can be a little bit more brutal, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. Um, no one's listening to it, mate. No one listens <laughs> to this. And thirteen and a half last I, 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 week. I genuinely thousand. mean this with no disrespect. Which is, it's going to sound very disrespectful, but I mean this mm. with no disrespect because I, mm. I think Sheffield United are a good club. Um, yeah. I've got nothing against them. Oh, but my go. God, in that first half. Genuinely, one of the worst things I've ever seen live. Awful. They were absolutely diabolical. I mean, I, Shrewsbury levels. 
<laughs> I mean, let's not get the mood on that far. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really remember. I mean, obviously, I remember being around and watching it and seeing it happen. But I don't really remember what the team were like when you saw that that Derby team get 11 points in the Premier League that one season. But I was thinking, surely this 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 is that level. I mean, they were absolutely awful. I was astonished how bad they were. <laughs> it's so bad. And yet, and yet, and yet, all equally embarrassing that Wolves couldn't break them down when they are that bad, regardless exactly. of whether they had Pedro Neto or not. Exactly. And you know, you're creating chances. You you know, Aitnori, Huang, Semedo. You are getting opportunities, but mm-hmm. there's a, almost a reluctance to pull the trigger when there mm-hmm. is. It wasn't it wasn't clinical enough, and you've only got yourself to blame for not going into half time. Probably at least two 0 up. And that's yeah. only Wolves' fault. There's no one else to blame for that. Come out in the second half, and as much as I criticise them in the first half, I've got to be completely honest in the second half, Sheffield United were a hell of a lot better. You've mm. got to give them credit. They were they were way better than they were in the first half, and in comparison to Wolves, better than them in the second half. Wolves couldn't handle the pressure, couldn't look after the ball, were being pressed. I think the, the atmosphere started to get onto them as well, and with the home crowd being being buoyed by the... The home team's performance, and and it was it was starting. We, we were sat there and we were talking throughout the game. We were like, I don't like this. This has got the feelings of a one 0 Sheffield United. Yeah. This this absolutely stinks. This second half. Of course, they went one 0 up. You're thinking, right, that's it. Bellegarde, great. I mean, it took, takes a deflection, but it's a great finish. A well, great at least he got. To, at least he shot. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Well, exactly. It's, it's that's what happens when you shoot. Take a shot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You get back into the game and and. At no point, uh, you've gone out to go g- grab fans. I'm sat there yeah. um, next to Steve Mailey. We're both sat there thinking, right, surely nothing's going to happen now. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be a nice, mm. quiet end to the game. Maybe a few mm. chances, a few nervy moments, but it's, it's going to be 1-1. One, one. You know, we're getting our intros ready. We're getting our match reports ready. And um, lo and behold, 97th minute, the Fabio incident and the and the penalty. And uh, I think I, I don't think Chevy Knight deserved the three points. I don't think, based on the two halves, Wolves probably did either. I think... I, Point would have been about right, but um, yeah, it was it was it was difficult to stomach. Not only because of the the timing of it, but also the manner of the, the decision being made. I don't think anyone anyone thought it was a penalty, other than seemingly Rob Jones himself, according to Gary O'Neill, who spoke to him after the game and, and stood by his decision, which says everything you need to know. It's it's quite staggering the amount of decisions that have gone against Wolves, not just on the field but off it. Um, this season and spoken before about Gary O'Neill and, and that he was quite, I'm not saying complimentary, but under, empathetic, I think is probably the right word to use, um, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, about referees. And this was on the back of, I guess, even you look back at the start of the season and Onana's, you know, GBH assault on, on Kalajic. And, and you go, okay, well, let's 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 move on. Let's get the apology. You know, you get demoted, and and you know, let's let's hope that things even themselves out. But he he said himself, pre-match things don't even themselves out, and we just wanted to have a game where we weren't talking about the referees. I think that's the one thing we said on Friday, Liam, when we we're doing our, our our video. Just let's let's just have let's just have a game where we're talking about the game, and we're not. And and it's it's a national thing, and it's it's a huge problem, not just with Wolves games. Um, throughout football and I think the worrying thing for me is it's so bad and it's so embarrassing for for the teams for the fans for the people who are paying good money that the joy has been sucked out of football and yet there's a there's a big movement I think now more than ever of scrapping VAR and yet when I'm I've been thinking about this last couple of days 
I genuinely don't think that it will get scrapped. And I don't think, I think there's been so many, there's so many roles and money and um, backing behind VAR that I, I genuinely worry whether we can get, whether whether we can finally get rid of it. You've been an advocate of getting rid of it for a long time. I, I probably took a little bit of time to come round to that, but the joy has just been, it's, it's been literally drawn out of anyone, of fans, of supporters, of players, of managers, and it's just not football. I mean, I, I'm quite happy to go back to human error. And to be honest, I think human error would actually probably work out the same, if not if not better um, on, on certain occasions. It's, it's awful, awful to watch, mate. Pretty spot on, to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, the reason why I've been so against VR is for that reason, really, in terms of the atmosphere and feel and joy and enjoyment of a game. I think if you look at what VR should be able to do in terms of getting to the right decision, it should enhance the game. I think there are, I think the legislation and the wording around clear and obvious clearly hinders VAR and there's a few things you can maybe tweak to and maybe at some point in the future the technology will actually work well and will enhance the game I think there's a possibility for that but based purely on what it is right now the way that it's working the way that the legislation is there for it to work it sucks everything out of the game as you just said you know I spoke to a friend who who actually unfortunately he's an Albion supporter but he's in the the, the championship Um, (laughs) I know I know and he was telling me that yes, the Premier League's brilliant, of course it is, but you you score a goal in the championship and unless it's flagged offside straight away or the referee blows his whistle straight away or there's something that happens within that moment of the goal going in, you know that goal's not being overturned. You know it's a goal. You can enjoy it, you can celebrate it, you can take in all those those no those moments and memories of a goal being scored. You score a goal now, it might be overturned ten minutes later, the way the way they are runs at the moment the time it takes and also the um, I suppose the monotonous process of trying to get to a decision Um, I don't think to be honest I I would even forgive a little bit the time it takes to get to a decision if it got to the right decision but we're still not even there so Mm -hmm. it's on both sides of the coin here it's it's just not working it's not fit for purpose and the referees also aren't fit for purpose but I would rather as you just said there I'd rather have a little bit of human error and us be whinging about that after a game than be sat here wondering why it hasn't got to the right decision when they've got everything they need to get the right decision um, and then even little things and this is a final point I make even little things like I say they have everything they need to get to the right decision there's arguments that they actually don't look at Totti Gomez's uh, FA Cup goal at Liverpool mm-hmm. last season that they didn't have the right camera angles to determine whether it was offside or not I mean I was thinking about that again the other day and it was obviously incredible at the time and it got loads of criticism. But I don't think it got as much criticism from you know, the national attention as it probably should have done. Then obviously you've got the uh, Liverpool-Spurs one this season and then you've got the Newcastle-Arsenal one the other day as well where has the ball gone out, has it not gone out? There's arguments over the camera angles and then there's some, some suggestions that they didn't have the right camera angle to, de- to determine it. They've got the they've got the technology to get the right decision for every single possibility, yet they're missing camera angles on the one occasional game here and there. I mean the the I don't even know what the word is. It's there's just no trust or belief in the system at the moment because it does not work. 
Um, no. And without it, I don't think you can have VR governing the game. Um, and it just just seems the system's just just so just so bad. I mean, you look at um, last weekend, um, or the or sorry, the weekend before Liam and um, and Anthony Taylor. You know, and, and and having just an absolute shocker of a game. There was a bit of, um, I guess, content, a bit of conjecture of whether he got demoted or not. Liam, do you want to just uh, maybe clear that up a little bit? Oh yeah, last weekend. Was... And yeah, by the way, yeah. gave away a, a shocker of a decision for a penalty as well. <laughs> a stinker in the championship. That, yeah. but, but just maybe, just um, maybe, just you know, uh, clear that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some, there was some people online, some sort of you know, PG MOL PR merchants who liked to. Mm. Um, defend them at every opportunity and look I don't think it's an easy job I don't think um, any person as a referee deserves to be abused or anything like that but fair criticism is fair criticism and um, I think there's nothing wrong with that at all um, yeah my story was that he'd been demoted for, for one weekend and um, and he was down in the championship the first time since 2019 by the way and he's a, yes. ref- he's a referee that does Champions League games and Euro qualifiers so Maybe cover a bit, a bit of a coincidence that happened it, on that weekend, exactly. you know, I mean, um, saving the, face. The information sources I had are that, that it, it, albeit they don't make it public, the PGMOL, because they don't want to throw their friend un, under the bus. Sure. It was very much a, uh, a a punishment. And by the way, one that I don't agree with, because albeit I don't think he, you know, he did particularly well. I can understand why he gave the playing one in real time, mm. but it's VAR that hasn't overturned it, which I think is the is the mistake. So, yeah, very strange. And then, yeah, I was going to mention that. I mean, he went, went down to do Preston versus um, versus Coventry and mm. gave away one of the most farcical pre- um, <laughs> penalty decisions I've ever seen. It's embarrassing. It was, it, it was worse than the two that have gone against Wolves, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was absolutely horrendous. And <laughs> I can only laugh because I don't, I really well, don't, I just cannot justify it whatsoever. Incredible. Look, you know, you look at these referees and, 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 and you know, on Saturday as well, and I was quite strong post match. And you know, I said that when these when these referees or VAR or referees in the pitch are making the same mistake time and time and time and time again, and they're not improving. In fact, they're getting worse. In any in any any job in the world, you're going to lose your job. And I hate to say it, but I haven't changed my opinion. That I think guys have got to get fired. They've got to lose their jobs. Um, for this to happen, that just happens. You're not, you're not telling me that there are better people who can. There's, there's not better people who can do this job either in this country. And if there isn't, Liam, if there isn't, I mean, this is the richest league in the world. Then go, go to Spain, go to Italy, go and get these uh, referees and get them refereeing the weekend. Get them flying across. Get them at the games. If they're refereeing on the Sunday, then then get them on the Saturday. If they're Saturday, then the Sunday. You know, VAR quite happy to fly across to Saudi Arabia on private planes. And stay in five, six, seven-star hotels, and go and sit in a booth for for Saudi Arabia and get paid X amount of money, and then you know have all their accommodation and all the food and everything they want, and probably lavish gifts and probably you know dial whatever you want up to your room. And, and I'm not talking food, and then, and then fly back again, and then v, and then VAR on the Sunday. I mean, one, how is that allowed to happen? And two, why am I not doing it? <laughs> it's 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 Absolutely. but it's crazy. I mean, look, I know, take it, this, there's a smugness about it. I mean, this is this is a part of the reason I was saying earlier why they're just not going to scrap it because there's there's too much money. They're like, we're, we're in a fantastic position here. Are you joking, guys? We're not getting rid of this anytime soon. It's just become a farce, and 
it's it's really it, it really aggravates me and it aggravates me for the fans that they have to watch it and um these these guys are so so poor at their job, and we you can't keep on protecting them. You really can't. Something's got to change, and for me, it's the the only the only way it can change is to get rid of it all. But I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I can't see that happening. I, I really can't. And, and look, if they make changes and adapt it, and there's a possibility here, it's got potential to actually work. I'm just, is there a confidence in the people governing it to to make it work? And, and listening to Gary O'Neill this week. Um, talk about it on, on Wolves' uh, Wolves weekly podcast. He he said, look, I spoke to Howard Webb on Sunday, had a phone call with him, and I think he was he was quite diplomatic, Gary Neal, speaking about it, to say, look, I understand he's got his own challenges, he's got his own team, he's trying to look after people, he's trying to come to the right conclusions, the right decisions. And um, and he said, as Gary Neal has said, to be fair, previously, he, he said again that I've got confidence um, that they're trying to get to the right place. Now, he didn't say he's got confidence they're going to do it. <laughs> and I don't blame him, to be honest. But he did say he's got confidence that they're trying to get there. And um, and I have to agree with him. But do I think that any referee or any governing body or any member of the PGMOL is trying to actively get the wrong decision or trying actively to, to, to do Wolves out of three points? I definitely not. I don't think there's any conscious bias that is against Wolves or against any other team. Or it's a deliberate attempt to try and... Um, make the wrong decision for any game. I just think it's a standards problem. It's a standards problem across the Premier League. It's not just Wolves games. We see it week in, week out, uh, almost every week, maybe a couple of times a week, where there are the wrong decisions, and they're clearly clearly the wrong decisions. Some of them are subjective, I will, I will grant that, but when the vast majority of the footballing community says it's a howler, it's probably a howler. And then a couple of them haven't been subjective, i.e., the Liverpool Spurs won Totti Gomez last <clears throat> season. A couple of these absolute stinkers where mm. it is it is a black and white fact, and VAR has still got it wrong, and that's the, the problem. The, the C word it flies about constantly when it comes to Wolves um, in, in corruption, um, and a lot of fans are, are saying that I don't for one minute believe that. I, I can understand because it's so often and so frequent and always against Wolves that that people will have you know maybe a stronger opinion than than than, than what we have. But at the same time, look, they couldn't be corrupt because they would mess that up as well. That that would that would that would involve them to to sort themselves out and be and be consistent. They, they can't do it. They wouldn't be able to do it. It's, it's not that. And I think that's almost more. It almost gets me more angry because every single decision constantly goes against Wolves. And you know, as soon as it goes to VAR, Liam, it's just not going to get overturned. And we both said the same thing. And probably a good point, I think, and one that if you didn't watch the video, why post match? But but raise again is when you've got a decision like that penalty and. And, and it goes up to VAR. VAR have got to look at that and gone. I tell you what, I'm not convinced here. Like it might be, but it might not be. Who's the referee in charge? Who's the referee refereeing the game? It is the referee on the pitch. If you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to give it because it's marginal, and I'm still not sure after I've seen it six or seven times. I don't know why. It's a it's a it's a nailed on dive and should be a should be a yellow card for Baldock, but. But if you're not, if you're still like one of us thinks it is, two of us don't think it, two, two, two of us don't think that it's that it's um, that it's a penalty. Go and let the referee have a look at it and allow him to have a second look at it. You're the guy in charge on the pitch, and if you still don't think it's correct, or if you still think you go with the decision, then fair enough, and have the communication. Look, we're not quite sure here. We think that we're splitting. We're splitting VAR. Go and have another look and see what you think. 
But it never happens. It never happens. I can't believe since VAR has been introduced that there's not more of that. Surely that's the almost like a if they need it, a third layer of protection, you know, the on-field call, the off-field call, will go back onto the on-field. Have another look at it. Absolutely. I, I, it was almost strange timing, really, because I said this on the video as well. I was speaking to a colleague about it um, before the press conference on Friday, just having a general conversation about referees and VAR and all that kind of stuff. And we both have the same agreement that we don't really understand the obsession with ignoring the monitor. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it comes down to, is it going to take a little bit more time? Yes. Is it going to become a little bit more of a, a show? Because as soon as the referee goes over, fans are all mm-hmm. jeering. It's, it's, yes, I, I, I can understand that. But if it comes to the right decision at the, at the end of the day, I think everyone's going to forgive that. And what we're not having is we're not having enough use of that monitor. Now, in this one scenario, according to what Gary Neal said, Rob Jones would have probably stuck with his decision if he agreed with it after the game and he's seen loads of sat in the referee's room and he's seen loads of replays he's probably not going to look at it in the monitor and change his mind but Mm -hmm. that's beside the point to be honest because even if a referee goes over looks at the monitor sees a couple replays from a few different angles and sticks with their decision at least we then know who is at fault for that scenario if it's the wrong decision or we believe it's the wrong decision it's the referee he's given it and he's seen it and he's decided to stick by it, and that and, and if that's that's fine. If you think that, if you think that, that's fine. You're the person in charge. You've got the authority. We can criticise it, talk about it, whatever. But they're not being given the opportunity to go to the monitor, and I really don't understand why. Because even if they do stick with it, fine. And if they don't, the right decision gets made. They change their minds. Great. I, I really don't understand the fascination with, with ignoring the monitor. It feels to me like you've got an opportunity here to have a bit of accountability and potentially get to the right decision. And it's a case of, mm, well, the only thing I can think of is they're worried about the time it's taking. That's the only thing Mm. I can think of. Or they're worried about piling too much pressure on the referee. It's got to be one of those two, as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise, it makes no sense not to use it. But what I've got to say, and moving away from it a little bit now, because we've got plenty plenty to talk about, is, regardless of the fact, Wolves were not good on that day. They were not good enough overall for those 98 minutes or whatever it was, Liam. And they've got to do better in games because... Uh, Sheffield United, of course, one point going into that game. They cannot get beat there. And it wasn't a good enough performance, especially in that second half. Absolutely, yeah. I think, to what I said at the top of the podcast, based on the overall performance, probably a point would have been fair for the two teams. But <clears throat> Wolves didn't manage the game very well in the second half. They allowed Sheffield United to press them early, make force them into mistakes, give away possession. They couldn't build up from the back. And once that was happening, the crowd started to get involved. The, the momentum and the tide started to turn. And once Wolves did get a little bit of possession, once they were 1-0 down, they actually ended up equalising. So had it been a similar performance, similar control over the game from that first half in the second half, Wolves probably win that fairly comfortably, even though they didn't score in that first mm-hmm. half. I think they go on to probably win that game. So it is disappointing because based on that first half, Wolves should have taken three points. But based on the whole thing, they should have taken one point. And based on the reality, they took none. So that's the most frustrating part. Right, Fabio Silverlian <clears throat> um, came off the bench, got booked within inside a minute or 90 seconds, I think, of being on the field. Uh, a head, missed a header where it was given offside. However, I've seen the replay. It, it was onside and I'm not saying he's got a score, but he's definitely got to hit the target. And if he, if he you know, either side of the keeper, that, that's a goal. Got to do better there. And then, of course, gives away the penalty, the ghost penalty, 
in tears afterwards. Absolutely, you know, felt for the guy, to be honest. And it's an incredibly difficult situation to be in. Um, I was interviewing fans after the game. There are a few who like to come across the face of the camera when, you know, they're angry and, and I'm in the middle of an interview and there were quite a few calls for Fabio Silva. Um, not calls, obviously, that I edited out. Well, I definitely edited out the video. There's a frustration there. Look, I think maybe when people have seen it again, then, then they might be a little bit more um, empathetic towards him. But at the same time, regardless of the penalty, um, it, it's, it's not working for him. It's not a good situation. Gary O'Neill kind of defended him a little bit afterwards. And maybe not so, you know, definitely defend the penalty decision, but maybe his overall contribution, I think, on the field would have been the more disappointing aspect of it. You know, two chances to clear the ball in that box and, and what went on before that. It, it's not going for him. Uh, it's a difficult question, Liam. Now, we've got January coming up. Um, he was given the number nine shirt at the start of the season, talked up about uh, being Wolves' number nine, stayed... We did the interview, or you did the interview with him, and uh, he was very much, um, I thought he interviewed excellently. I thought there was a real passion there. There's a real desire to do well. But we've also got to remember, this is a young, young kid. And I think, you know, when you, you have to grow up very, very quickly. And when you see him in tears at the end of the game, there is, regardless of what you think about Fabio Silva, there is a duty of care towards this youngster and this young individual who's got massive money, massive price tag, not his fault, has gone on loan all over the place, come back, been in the side, now out the side, still looking for his first goal of the season, now giving away the penalty. There's a lot going on in a young lad's career. And what you don't want to do is scar him for, for many years to come. Um, a lot of people listening to this go, he's, get, he's getting paid X amount of thousands of pounds a week. They grow up, you know, get on with it. Um, you're not doing it for Wolves. And, and you know, you can ha you, you're allowed to have that opinion. But I do think that we've got to be very, very careful of um, us as journalists. Um, I think the club and also what they do next with Fabio Silva, whether that be keep giving him chances, whether we get a chance to start a game. Because, you know, the, the other guys didn't really cover themselves in glory. Or they look and think this isn't working out. We either have to look at to load him in January or potentially sell him. What they've got to do is be very careful in their next steps with Fabio. Yeah, I agree. I think you look at probably the naivety and also showing really how young he still is. Which I think people can forget easily considering, you know, he came to Wolves at 18 and, you know, you... you realise still how young he is as a, as, a, as a young man you saw that from the first 50 seconds when he came on off the bench at Sheffield United came on, goes through the back of a, de of a defender gets uh, in, in an aerial challenge actually and gets a, a booking straight away then he has, I think that Wolves are going forward, I, I didn't quite see it at the time but I did speak to someone about, afterwards about it and he gave, I think he gave a foul away, risked possibly getting another yellow card and broke down a Wolves attack then had that header, which you've just mentioned, didn't get it on target, albeit the flag went up. I think, yeah, seeing the replays, it looks like he probably would have been on. Um, needs to hit the target there and then gives away that penalty. And him being in tears after the game is not really a surprise because he's, well, we sort of know what he's like, you know, having done that interview with him and sort of know him a little bit. He's quite an emotional guy, so that's not a surprise. But he's so desperate to take that chance and so desperate 
for it to work at Wolves and in play regularly and score goals. And he's not played in almost a month. He came off the bench at Villa uh, against Villa at Molyneux. Um, and that was the last time he played up until Sheffield United off the bench. And he's so desperate to take that chance and maybe a little bit too desperate. And that's the problem. He's trying to force something and he goes in, gives a, gets a yellow card within 50 seconds of being on the pitch. And then everything else that happened after that, he's just trying to force something, so desperate for it to happen. It comes from a good place, but it's not working right now. That's the problem. And then to your point, I have to agree, yes, he's a he's a professional footballer earning lots of money in a very privileged position, but he's also a human being at the end of the day. I think you can tell how emotional he is, the kind of person he is. He's desperate to do well for Wolves, but right now it isn't working. I think a couple of games, an opportunity and, and a goal, if that was to happen... We're doing the world of good, but it's a big if because. I'm can you see sure. a way back in for him into this side? Well, the exact line I was about to say is I'm not sure I can see Gary Neal having him at all, to be honest, at the moment, or at least right now. I'm not sure whether he's actually going to get the opportunities to even play. And, and yes, he had a few opportunities earlier in the season, didn't really take them. Obviously, come off the bench now, didn't didn't go great for him. But you can't expect a a player to turn it around with actually not playing games as well. So sometime between now and January, especially the amount of fixtures Wolves have got in December as well, Fabio has to be given an opportunity at some point. And if he isn't, he hasn't really proved it either way, whether he deserves to be moved on in January or whether he wants to move on in January, whatever it might happen. I think he needs an opportunity in there, even just for everyone's peace of mind to say, OK, it hasn't worked out, or okay, maybe there is something here. Just so we know, just so we what's know. An what's an opportunity though? What is an opportunity? One game? Is it sixty minutes? Is it is it two two starts? Is it three starts? What's an opportunity? It's a good question. I think a striker opportunity is slightly different to other positions, and you probably do need a run of games to an extent. Now Wolves don't have the luxury of being able to just you know give an out of form player a run of games, but he probably needs a couple of starts, and even if they're not back to back. But a couple of starts and being used off the bench maybe a, a bit more frequently. But can I see Gary Neal doing that? To be honest, no at the moment. So it's a real tough situation for, for Fabio. And I think everyone at Wolves wants it to work for him. Matt Hobbs clearly wants it to work for him, giving him the number nine shirt and backing him and being you know, a real cheerleader. And I mean that in a positive way, being a real cheerleader for Fabio. Um, they all want it to work. Fabio wants it to work. I'm not quite sure Gary Neal is as convinced as everyone else, hence why he's been out of the team, um, you know, pretty much since the start of the season, uh, apart from that little run he had. And that's really the problem Fabio's got. A January move, whether it's permanent or loan, right now feels like probably the best bet for everyone. Um, but I would, I'd still would like to see it work out at Wolves with Fabio. I think there's, I think there's a talented player there. He just, I'm not quite sure he's found his place and then equally his form. Yeah, we'll discuss the Spurs game at the end of the show and, and previewing it. Look, I mean, Sasha Kalajic came on. I thought he did okay. Um, probably not not much more than okay, but okay, fine. Uh, for the 60 minutes, whether he starts on Saturday will, will remain to be seen. But there, there probably is one, if not two, starting spots out there. Um, I think Bellegarde's probably going to be one of those players who'll be pushing for a start and, and maybe a slightly different formation again. We'll see. But... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Fabio Silva gets on the pitch on Saturday and not starting. But, you know, I, I do feel that he's one big goal away, coming off the bench, hitting, scoring a winner. We all said, you know, when he came off on, 
on Saturday, you know, or come on on Saturday. I, I do feel like, you know, he needs that one big goal in front of the Wolves fans and maybe maybe on Saturday where he comes on even for five or ten minutes and scores a big goal that, that can maybe turn around someone's not just season but career at a football club. So, you know, I still I still think that, that's, that there's a still a chance there, but I agree with you, Liam. I'm not sure whether we're going to see him get a, a huge opportunity. I think he's going to have to manufacture his own opportunity by coming off the bench in one of these games and, and scoring an important goal or a goal. Um, and and then and then you know there might be a reassessment there. You might see something more from him in training, and and maybe Garneal gives him a chance in that you know run of games where there's two three days and um, the crazy run in December. So I, I do feel like he needs to be proactive um, yeah. for for Wolves to for Wolves to do the same. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair because it's got to be a bit of give and take, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I completely agree with that. Definitely, equally to my original point players need chances to prove what they can or can't do and I'll give a I'll give an example in Totti Gomez I mean he was overlooked by Bruno Large Ruben Evers was played at center back ahead of him and he just needed an opportunity to show what he can do he mm-hmm. didn't even get it under Lopetegui in, yeah. initially you know he mm-hmm. had to wait till April to come into the team and came in at left back away at mm-hmm. Forest didn't he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stay in the team pretty much until the end of the season. So, um, yeah, players need an opportunity to to show what they can do. I think there's an argument that, yeah, he's had an opportunity earlier this season. Um, it didn't work out. You need something else. You, you need a player to come in and be given time to, to, to show something. But the problem is Wolves also don't have the luxury of time. You know, they they need results and they need points and they need performances. They can't... It's almost the same with someone like yeah, like Pablo Sarabia. You know, you need to, you can't just throw him into a game and hope that it's going to work for him when it hasn't worked for him for you know a year or so. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's a real tough situation to try and find a balance for for everyone. And, and Gary O'Neill probably will continue to choose the team that that's going to, you know, most likely get him a result. Yeah. Um, what you can say um, is that. There are going to be opportunities in this side because Pedro Neto is out. <clears throat> we spoke about um, the tweet that he did last week. Um, he said that I think it was the next day, wasn't it, when he tweeted saying that he would be a couple of weeks or back in a couple of weeks. He edited that tweet, I think, since then um, and said a few weeks. Um, what's the situation with Pedro Neto, Liam? Because I think. From reading between the lines, we might have a situation where we're not potentially seeing Pedro Neto back straight after the international break. No, I think, um, yeah, probably a smart move from him to to edit that tweet because, yeah, as we said in the last pod, he probably, uh, <laughs> medical team probably not too pleased with it. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Gary Neal was asked about it. At the, at the message, message comes on the phone. Oh, Doc, oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> change no, that a... now. Yeah. Uh, and you can yeah, understand I'll... his enthusiasm, though. You know, he's, he's desperate yeah, to get back. He's, he's, you know, in the best form of his Wolves career. Um, you, you know, you, you want to get back. You, you, as soon as you go down, you want to know when you're coming back. I mean, in that dressing room when he's come off, he's, he's all of a sudden he's thinking, how long, how long is it going to be? You know, what's the scan? How, how, how quickly can I get back? So, you know, you, you, you want people to get back. There's plenty of people in this game who have an injury and they're like, oh, I'm not bothered really. I'm on X amount of money a week. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, bide my time and I'll be ready when I'm 100%. So you know you want you want your star player to come back as soon as possible, but there is you've got to be very careful, don't yeah. you? Because what you don't want to do is re-injure it and then you're out for months. Yeah, no, he's enthusiastic and and so he should be because he's you know he's been in absolutely 
electric form and, and everyone connected with Wolves wants him back as soon as possible. So, yeah, that's what you want to see from him. So, yeah, credit to him. The wording probably not great and obviously he's changed that and whatever, you know, move on from it. But, um, yeah, Gary Neville was asked about it as, as expected in the press conference and was uh, was a lot more cautious than, um, <laughs> yes, than, 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 uh, than Pedro <laughs> was with his tweet. Um, yeah, to say basically, look, you know, I, I'm not going to put a specific timeline on it. It's going to be a few weeks was the phrase he used and then mm-hmm. said he definitely won't be available for Sheffield United or Spurs, which I think we all, we, we knew that anyway. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of after the international break, which is obviously Fulham away at the end of this month. Um, yeah, Fulham, still... Arsenal, Wolves. Sorry, Wolves play Wolves. <laughs> Fulham, Fulham, Arsenal, Burnley, Forest, West Ham, all within... You know, two weeks of each other, really, from the Fulham game to the Forest game. Yeah, uh, yeah, because um, West Ham's the seventeenth, isn't it? Now the Sunday, correct. And, yeah, the end of uh, end of November is uh, mm. is Fulham away. So yeah, you're right. That's what five games is that in space? Yeah, of, you know, a couple, well, just over a couple of weeks, two and a half, two and a half so. weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, yeah. In terms of the last conversation, lots of opportunities for players. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, with with, with Neto, um, the cautious is, is an understandable approach from Gary Neal because again to the points we were making on the body he doesn't want to necessarily give away when Neto's going to come back and we can totally understand that but equally you don't want to put Neto or the medical department under pressure by saying he'll be back in three weeks no so you expect him then to be back in the middle of the international break which means he's back for Fulham and then if he's not back for Fulham everyone's like why'd you say that where is he mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I can understand the you know why he's being cautious um, but it sounds like, and this isn't really a surprise, as you know, having been around football and know what it, hamstring strains are like, it looks like it's probably going to be the four to six mark, which would mean missing Fulham and being sometime after that. Um, yeah, in, in, I in mean, he'll be desperate weeks. to play in that Arsenal game, won't he? Um, yeah, as you can understand yeah. with the, so, the the conjecture around it, but yeah. So he could be at any point during. The, obviously, we keep on. We we'll keep up to up to speed on it and keep asking and trying to find out exactly you know a more specific timeline. But as it stands, it could be probably any time around there. Um, the sooner the better, obviously. But I think it's probably unlikely that he does Fulham unless the the international breaks kind to him. And you'd imagine that he isn't going to be called up to up to Portugal, so he'll have more time to uh, to focus on the injury. Yeah, um, like you say, ruled him out of Spurs on Saturday. I've got to look at the fixture. I'm, I'm looking at this from a pure Wolves point of view. And if he's not available for Fulham away, which I think is doubtful at this stage, Liam, they go Fulham away, they go Arsenal away. Then they have back-to-back home games, Burnley and Nottingham Forest. Now, Fulham is obviously a game where they look to pick up points. Arsenal will be very, very difficult. You can understand that. But whether Pedro Neto wants to play in that game or not, if he's fully fit, great, get, get him starting. But if there's still a... Uh, we probably could play, but you know, I'd rather give him another another few days. I would rather have Pedro Neto ready to go for Burnley at home and Forest at home. Two games where you're looking to hopefully pick up two wins, four points, absolute minimum. I would have thought <clears throat> that those are the games that if I'm Gary O'Neill and I'm thinking when do I want him back, and I, I get him back in those in those four games in in eleven days. Those back two games, I think, are the ones where you'll want him back. Spot on, and Burnley. Don't forget as well is midweek. So if he yes. is, if he is, um, you know, touch and go, could play against Arsenal. Mm. You don't want to play him, even if you play him for thirty minutes, and then a few days later he's got to prepare and be ready for Burnley. Sure. You'd rather, I, I completely agree with you. You just you mm-hmm. don't play him uh, at Arsenal. You put a team out capable of beating Arsenal, but albeit you probably won't. Um, yeah. But you know, see what happens. Yeah. And then you focus on 
absolutely smashing Burnley at Molineux. Smashing them to <laughs> pieces. Smashing them to pieces, mate. By the way, Burnley, Burnley pretty terrible, but then, you know, we said Wolves, it was a very Wolvesy thing to do at Sheffield United. By the way, sorry for the person, I can't remember who it was now, who, um, agony for them, who won the won the prize draw and had an air fryer and, and a training top ready to go, 1-1, 98th minute, and then, goodness me, uh, taken away from them at the last minute with um, a with a penalty, with a, with a disgusting penalty. Um, I've I've watched it back. Obviously, it's a, it's a disgraceful penalty. So I want to say to the winner of that who missed out on the. I'm feeling pretty kind today, Liam. I'm I'm feeling pretty kind. I'm feeling generous because the fact that it was pretty much one-one and they didn't win it and it was taken away from the last minute. They get a free entry into next week's draw. <laughs> you are a terrible human being. Ah oh, dear, unfortunate, unfortunate. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, right, so that's our little discussion there. Cross that off. Uh, right, Christmas Eve, baby. We're talking about the Christmas schedule. Well, I'm buzzing for this game on Christmas Eve. One uh, o'clock kickoff. Everyone's buzzing. Wolves against Chelsea. Thank God we're at home, but there's still, you know, we, we've talked about it about, you know, the disgraceful timing of it. But it is what it is. Um, as of now, the game is going on. The game, the game is happening. We've done. You've done stories, Liam, about about the game. Tr- people trying to get the supporters' association trying to get the game overturned. What's the latest with that? Is there any chance, or are we pretty much bedded in for for Christmas Eve? So um, the chances of them going back on this decision is as close to zero as zero could possibly be. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. We're going to have to deal with Christmas Eve. I'm afraid. And it's frustrating. Um, you know, we spoke about it a couple of potties ago. How, well, frankly, they, you know, the Premier League put the uh, the fans last, and that's not just uh, Wolves or Chelsea fans. It's both because Wolves fans in general having to go and do this game is not ideal. Um, whether you live in Wolverhampton or not, but then there's lots of Wolves fans that don't. There's lots of Wolves fans who travel from elsewhere in the country and and come to. I mean, I'm I'm from Warwick. I live in Warwick. Always have done. And you know, I would have tra- would have travelled myself if I wasn't if I wasn't wasn't working for it. So, you know, you've got to you've got to take that into account. And then on top of that, Chelsea fans are going to feel very hard done by because they're having to, regardless of the the club putting free coach travel on or whatever it might be they're doing. Which I think they have announced already. Regardless of that, having to take people buzzing away from get their back families. at midnight, not nine, not ten o'clock. <clears throat> right, exactly. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the so the 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 supporters trust of both clubs have been campaigning against it I think it's probably the right word um, all 20 or the other 18 Premier League clubs their trusts as well have all written in support and solidarity of, of the two Wolves and Chelsea trusts which I think is the first time that all 20 clubs in the Premier League have come together on a, on a you know a decision like this since the European Super League so it's been quite a big you know movement from them trying to get it overturned um, They as soon as I broke the story on it was the Friday um, and the announcement, the official announcement from the, from the Premier League wasn't until the following Thursday or Friday, so almost a week. I think it was. I think it might be the Thursday, so just under a week later. Um, as soon as I announced, as soon as I um, broke the story on the Friday, the trust got in touch with the Premier League straight away, and they didn't hear back from them an hour until it was announced publicly. It's so almost a week later, and then they gave them a retrospective meeting, which was mm. the Thursday just gone, which is yeah. two weeks after I broke the story. And 
straight away from the outset of that meeting, the Premier League uh, officials in that meeting said, sorry, it's not going to change. Almost the first word in that meeting was, sorry, it's not going to change. Um, it's very who, much a... Who, protect- who, broke, who, who broke the story, Liam? I, I can't remember. You haven't said yet. There's no need for that, mate. There's no need for that. I was just, I was just throwing it, I was just throwing it into conversation. Um, I'm story, busting your way. balls. Big story. Um, and and um, <laughs> no, let's, look, we're being serious. Get back to serious. Yeah, um, sorry, sorry. And uh, yeah, look, the, the Premier League are just protecting broadcasters and protecting, uh, you know, their financial interest essentially. Um, now, I spoke to the the Wolves 1877 Trust Chairman Dan Warren about this and. Um, their their argument, aside from all of the other arguments about travel chaos and choosing between family and football, all these kind of things that go against mm-hmm. supporters in this situation, mm-hmm. their other argument is you've got a TV slot available at 8pm on the 23rd. Now, Chelsea fans still won't be particularly pleased with that, if we're being brutally honest, but that's a lot better for everyone than the 24th. For sure. And um, the Premier League aren't really uh, you know, receptive to that idea. Um yeah, it's it's a it's a bang out of order decision they've made. One that they're not even considering changing. I, I thought maybe some of the backlash after the after the news broke. I don't know who did it. Um, I thought after the uh, the backlash they might even you know maybe have a think of it then. But no, nothing. So it's going ahead. Um, it won't be changing. And um, I think fans now are trying to consider all their options about whether there's some sort of um, protest or some sort of action they can do to to make it clear they're unhappy but um fan power means something when everyone comes together but you need everyone to come together for this so it's going to be a, a an interesting few weeks to see what uh, what might happen but as it stands it's not changing nothing's happening Liam I'll be honest I'll tell you that and I'll tell you I'll tell you another thing Christmas Eve next year there'll be another game and Christmas Eve after that there'll be another game and, and it's, it's... it won't be long before it's Christmas Day uh, well you know they tried to do that I... in 2017 didn't they remember they and, did. Uh, the M- MPs and fan groups were uh, raised a lot of concerns, and it got it got shelved. It's um, not. It's not. Um, by the way, the, these these things happen in in a lot of other sports in a lot of other countries. This isn't the only um, situation where it's there's not, nothing on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You know, in, in America, there's American football. It happens Boxing Day. It happens Christmas Day. There's three games as well. So. Um, chatting with the with the, with the old missus um, over the weekend, she was like, "What's the problem? Like, we play on Christmas Day, we play on Thanksgiving Day. These are just holiday days that people, you know, love to watch sport and neutrals." Liam, I'm sure I'm absolutely delighted. I've got to be honest. If I'm Christmas Eve and you sat around with the family and the uncles and the aunties and the and the cousins and the people next door and you don't want to really speak to them and you know everybody's coming in and chatting away and having a drink and all you want to do. Is, is is basically watch a bit of TV. Perfect background noise. You've got a game on. You can talk a little bit about the game. You don't have to converse about, you know, um, nephew, you know, Ian and what he's doing at school and stuff and all these, you know, mind-numbingly boring conversations that you have to have at Christmas where you, you're going to see the people say, oh, let's have a drink. We'll have a drink, you know, soon. And then you never see them again till 12 months later. Football game, happy days. You can just all chat and you can all just have a drink and talk about the football. So... You know, it's 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 frustrating, but I think that ninety percent of the country are quite happy with it if it doesn't affect them. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I'm sure that yeah, people will be delighted to be able to watch a game, but it's yeah, it's not affecting them. It's affecting um, Wolves and Chelsea supporters, and and I think. Do we get paid double time? <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> it'd be nice. Um, 
I'm sure the thing is that people say, yeah, it doesn't affect them. They're not going to be bothered about it. But one day it will affect you. That's the problem. You've got, I think you've got to be, um, you've got to understand these issues in the Premier League because one day it will affect your team and you will be annoyed about it. So, there's, yeah, there's, there's only so much people can do. I would like to think that yeah, the fan groups are going to do something. But as I made you know, this point in the potty a few weeks ago when we spoke about this, this story is that um, any sort of action whether it's from supporters boycotting the game or whatever it might be, who's it going to affect more? Is it going to affect Wolves more, the Premier League more? It's going to affect Wolves more. Now, it's not going to... Look, one game is not going to break the bank for, for a Premier League club, but it's going to affect Wolves a lot more financially than the Premier League. The Premier League, it's going to be on TV anyway. Are they really that bothered? It brings a bit of attention. I don't think they're really going to be that bothered about it. Really don't. So... I can understand why supporters would do that. I'm, I don't know how much it will help, but I would like to think that someone someone will organise something, but mm-hmm. there's um, there's limited time, so I'll have to say. Uh, right, okay, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, before I forget, I'm just going to go into something that I discussed last week, but 1am uh, 1, 1 last night, 1.15am, when I got back from Shrewsbury, when I was thawing out from from one of the worst games of football I think I'll ever watch in my, in my entire uh, career, um, I put a story online last night about a certain ex-Wolves boss, Nuno Espirito Santo, sacked by Saudi Arabian side. Al, what do you, how do you pronounce it? Iti, Itihad? Itihad, I think that's right, yeah. Um, gotten a bit of a fallout from the old Benzema. Do you think we might see um, Nuno back in the Premier League at any time soon? Uh, or do you think he's done with that? I think he's got a bit of unfinished business. I know that obviously he was very keen to come back to Wolves at one point in time. Um, obviously not going to be back at Wolves, but do you think we'll see him soon? And also, I wonder if, I wonder if a certain Lopetegui, who hasn't quite um, got the managerial job in the Premier League that he wanted to after Wolves... I wonder whether there might be a swap there and we might see him in Saudi Arabia anytime soon. Uh, well, I think according to what he, he's been saying on some of his um, his wide range of media interviews since he's lost the Wolves job, <laughs> is, uh, is that he has the been offered... Wolf for life, though. Yeah, exa- uh, exactly. He has been offered stuff like that since, I think, obviously, pretty probably quite quickly after leaving Wolves and he didn't take mm. it. But I think you're... Uh, there might as the be weeks a, go by, you the, the elk on the by, shelf. Might, yeah, yeah, exactly. Might have to rethink, rethink that. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, yeah, Nuno. Uh, yeah, I think he has got unfinished business with the Premier League, or at least a, a top league. But I do wonder whether having a couple of years out in Saudi, whether that impacts mm-hmm. reputation-wise, whether a club will think. I'm not sure about it. Um, he's still a very good manager, of course. He is. So I'm, I'm sure some clubs would, would happily take him. But um, but yeah, it's. Um, it, it, yeah, it's interesting how, how far we've come from in the space of what three years, mm. um, where Nuno is, where Wolves are, where you know football in general is. It's yeah, you know, it goes quickly. Definitely right. Um, last week we were discussing uh, Huang, we were discussing Pedro Neto, we were discussing quite a few players, and we were I kind of um, put this across and and, and um, was interested to know what the current who 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 sells the most shirts for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Well, we've got we've got the stats back, Liam. We've got the stats back for this season, and who is selling the most Wolverhampton Wanderers shirts worldwide? What player are they getting on the back of the fan shirts? Are you ready for the top three? I, th- I mean, I think I know them, but let's hit me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do because I've, I've sent you this. I've sent you the stats, so no, you'd, you'd hope that you would. Like, oh, I'm sure I could guess them. Oh, you, you, you peek behind the curtain. Ingested that you've already ingested this information. Here we go. 
Number three this season, the highest shirt seller in three is Pedro Neto. 14.3% of the player shirt sales are with Pedro Neto. Surprising or not? Would you say that three is probably surprising? I, I would have suggested, I would have thought one or two, but he's third, but still very good. Yeah, I wouldn't have said one because of who is one. I think I definitely would have said them. But yeah, I could see him being two or three. So I'm not massively surprised with that. 14.3% of the shirt share is Pedro Neto. Number two, it is... Uh, Mateus Cunha. 15.2%. So 0.9% more than Pedro Neto Cunha. And I guess the whole... Brazilian feel to it as well, Liam, and, and worldwide would probably do do that for you. And of course, when you when you're record signing, yeah, I was going to say the record signing as well is definitely going to definitely going to add to it, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I think all of these top three is not really a surprise to be honest. And and Cunha's a you know a big name, um, and and not just the fact that he's Brazilian and record signing for Wolves, but he you know he, he's played at good clubs, Atletico Madrid and and over in Germany as well. So yeah, there's a lot of interest in him. So 14.3% Pedro Neto, 15.2% Mateus Cunha, and in number one, racing away with it, 17.8%, it is Joe Hodge. No, sorry, it is Mate. Huang He Chan. Uh, no surprise there, I guess. Um, I think there were five or six shirt sales from South Korea, I think, over the course of this season as well, and, and obviously a plethora from Bilston. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, no shock at all. Look, Huang's a, a big name over in the, in South Korea, isn't he? And the, there's, a, as you see at games now as well, there's a lot of interest in him. We've mentioned it previously as well. But there's you know media interest at pretty much every game he goes, uh, every Wolves game now, home or away. There's um, Korean media there to to speak to Huang or, or cover him in some sort of way. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interest. In Huang He Chan, and, and the fact that he's scoring and performing and all that kind of mm. stuff is going to massively impact it as well. So, um, so yeah, all three of those players account for forty-seven point three percent. So, three players is is almost half of all of mm. Wolves' uh, shirt sales, which I don't think is a major surprise really. And uh, and yeah, bring in the cash. Uh, no, 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 no slight on Joe Hodge. I'll, I'll wear a Joe Hodge shirt quite happily next season. So, um, so no, Hodgie, Hodgie's um, hopefully, and hopefully back soon as well, by the way. Uh, soonish, December, January? I think they're hoping December. So mm. if you can get him back in before the January window and maybe whether he gets an opportunity or whether he just gets fitness in general and then maybe there might be some sort of loan move for him. But um, yeah, there's a, a couple of decisions to make on, on, on Hodge before the, uh, the January window comes around. Over under, I'll give you sixteen and a half of the amount of South Korean journalists there for Wolves against against Spurs on Saturday with Son and Huang Hee Chan colliding. Over or under what? I said sixteen and a half. Oh, it confused me when you said the half bit. Well, you've got to say the half because otherwise you, you can't have a full number really, can you? Because then you know there's a tie in there, but then I mean that means there's either a winner or a loser with sixteen and a half. I don't mind tying. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be under. It'll be under. It'll be. There'll be. There'll be a big no number. Chance. Absolutely be, no chance. There will, no, no there, chance. There, there will be. There'll be a lot. There'll be a lot there. Um, and there'll be not? way more. Two two brilliant players, but I think they'll. I think it'll be under sixteen. 
No chance. I, I'd be stunned if it's under 16. You know, with all the TV, with all the radio interviews, with all the, you know, not just in the press box, but down on down on this touchline, the interviews they'll have to do. Po- I, I, I'm almost certain they'll do an interview together as well post-match, depending on the result, of course. But uh, we'll see. I think I think you'll have Korean TV media there. It's a huge game for them. It's a huge game for the country, I think, especially when you've got two players playing at the top of the game. Uh, well, I stand to be corrected, I'm sure. Um, Jack and Max will, will, will say, no, you were wrong, Lee was right on the podcast when uh, we asked them at the media department. I'm sure they'll have all the, all the um, um, media accreditation uh, details, but I think there'll be a lot of them. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see it as well. Two great guys, and, um, and look, hopefully, hopefully Juan gets one over on, on Hyun Min Song. I hope so. I hope so. Look, yeah, two, two very, very, very talented players. And the two top players for that nation as well so it's not just like they're two mm-hmm. good players for the country it is the two top the, you know the top two as well so um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a busy one but um yeah i you know if if, if son sorry actually i've just realized as well this mm. game for huang mm. he will break the john richards record if he scores as well won't he wow of course so he's, he's equaled the record of scoring in uh six um, consecutive home top flight matches it's a very bizarre record wow. but, uh, he'll break that if he scores against against Spurs so it, it, it's almost written in the stars Huang to get one over Son and to score boom <sighs> that's fantastic and do you know what I'm going to I'm going to dress very smartly on Saturday I think it's a very big game it's a, it's a big occasion for, for, the, for South Korea it's a big occasion for Wolverhampton Wanderers and for me to do that I think I need to, to look after myself I need to I need to put a little bit of facial details into, into my into my uh, grooming and um, where do I do that because I need to find a little bit of a razor a little bit of a a little bit of a, um, a, a cordless signature series for men, and I can find it at kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Kino, there's something that I was speaking to you on Saturday about, and something that I think that could be very handy for you, and you can buy it for the small amount of just £5, and that is a nose trimmer. Because, um, you know, there's a, there's a few protruding little hairs kicking around there, which is fine, and uh, I think that something like that would do you the world of good. What do you think? It's interesting how you've turned that on me, mm. but um, I'm not going to bite. Um, and I'll and I will say um, yes. I could definitely do one. Let's get it. Get it, I've, get it in the I've, post. I've, I've used it. I've used one before. Look, I, you know, it's fine. I mean, I think it's snods. Wow, that's superb. I think it's important. You know, you got to look after yourself. You got to look after yourself in the old, the old nose, the old hair, but also you know, Kino you know, as you said, for yours, lad. Wow. <laughs> um, area. You know, as you said, obviously, you know, you've been in your in your sister's um, basement for a long time now, <laughs> um, um, living there, and you haven't had a lot of action. So you say you've got to when you Excuse do me. move into your into your into your new house, you've got to look after yourself, and you've got to go for the Carmen Signature Series men to look after yourself a little bit downstairs. So you know, fifteen pounds <laughs> wow. for that, a nose trimmer as well for five pounds. Well, let's give both of them away along with a training top. I can't wait to put this tweet out later on with a bit of men's grooming. And you know, if you're a female and you win this, then I'll give you an alternative. Um, um, oh, there's a women's one as well. There's a women's one, women's craft, a women's craft kit as well. There you go, kettle and toast will have everything. So I'll give you one of them as well, a babbleless one. So we'll, we'll swap it out, whichever one they win. They're both £15 and the nose trim is 5 and we'll throw in a training top as well. How's that? That is very, very kind. You're a good lad. <laughs> uh, do you need to get one anyway or not? No, no, no. Be excited right. as we Don't speak. Worry Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. She's already locked in now. We've got out together. She's, 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 she's there. Come, come rain or shine. It's rosy. Now. Oh, dear. Right, questions. Are you ready? Kido. Hit me. 
Ian Newman says, do we need a wide attacking player more than a centre forward or do you think we might get both in January? There's an argument for it, yeah, because the depth in those positions is, is definitely quite light. So um, I think Wolves would like to get both. Whether they can make that reality or not is, is you know, remains to be seen. So, um, yeah, it's something they'll definitely look at. But I think Gary Neal's made it quite clear he wants a striker as well. So, yeah, he could, he could be either, but hopefully both. Uh, Paul Mansell says, any team would miss Pedro Neto, and I'm sure we did on Saturday, but which other player would have been the biggest impact on the team if they were missing? That's a good question. Mm, I'm going to say Craig Dawson. Oh, I was going to say exactly the same person. I was Between him or Lamina. Yeah, I almost said Lamina. I, 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 special mention as well, I think Max Kilman's been quietly very, very good for... Mm-hmm. A number of weeks now as well so he's been very consistent so I, I, I was close to saying him I'd say one of those three but I'll, I'll go Dawson okay um, Jeffrey Smith if we are finally going to do the sensible thing and play a sense forward in Sasha could someone at Wolves tell the players that it might be an idea to put some crosses into him <laughs> it's a fair point yeah it, it's it's somewhere in, in between is where the truth lies really because you, you see a big man like that and you think you've got to put a big looping crossing every single time you get the ball. That's not the case because Sasha did a lot of link-up play really nicely and you can play it low into And There was one that I think Samada put in at the top of my head, I think it was. that. Um, no, it might have been Cunha, actually. It was the Kilman pass into Cunha and his uh, low cross was close to uh, Sasha meeting it um, and that would have been 1-0 early on. So he doesn't have to be all those big looping crosses, but at the same time, Wolves don't do it enough. So I understand the question. Yeah, they, they, they need to do it a bit more, especially when you've got someone who's six foot seven in there. Wolves first. Is there a case for some formal action now, RE, PGMOL, Premier League, and what options might there be? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's quite a few questions about this. And I really almost struggle yeah, with it. Yeah, as bit. well. There's quite a few, there's quite a few, uh, Reggie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I struggle with it a little bit, only because you know you see some clubs. I think Liverpool and Arsenal have both done it this season, doing statements and stuff like that. And um, I'm not quite sure where I land on it because I'm not really sure what there is that the clubs can do. Um, I think they would have to they would have to prove a bias or a corruption or something like that. And I don't think that that's going to be something they can do. But I, I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know what there is the clubs can actually do about it. If I'm being perfectly honest, but um, and I, and I think it would take a lot for one club to make that that leap and do mm. it. And I'm not sure a club is going to do it, to be honest. Um, Wolves fan says, what's the story with Jao Gomez? Did he take a knock or has he really fallen that far down the pecking order? Yeah, I think um, Gary Neal just, and he has acknowledged this as well in press conferences, that you know, he's just take, taken a little bit of a, a dip um, over the last few games. I, I don't think he's going to be far down the pecking order by any means. I think he's maybe just taking him up the, the firing line a little bit. I don't think he was particularly bad at any point, to be honest, Jao Gomez, but he maybe just not quite as influential um, and impactful on the game as you as would like. Um, and then he would have a really good game and then have a bit of a quieter one. It was a little bit inconsistent as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything uh, to, to, you know, read into mm-hmm. there with, with Jao Gomez. I think he'll, you know, he'll, he'll play very regularly this season. OJ Bailey says, how many points would you be happy with from the next five games? So, are you ready? Add them up in your head. Are you ready, ready, Lee? I'm ready. Spurs at home. I'll do the same. Fulham away. Arsenal away. Burnley at home. Forest at home. How many points would you be happy with 
I'd be happy with seven. Okay, I'd be happy with eight. Okay, I think Wolves would be... Uh, Wolves are definitely capable of getting nine. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe slightly more if they get a decent result with Spurs or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy enough with seven. I think you know, if you if you're going to say that they're going to lose to Spurs and Arsenal, which of course is not a, a foregone conclusion, definitely not. But let's just say that for the time being, you get two wins and a draw from those other three. I think that's a pretty good return. Okay, I'd be happy with eight. I think they should get seven. I would say. Yeah, that's um, fair. I can see them winning on Saturday. I could see them losing as well, but I think it's a winnable game, especially with the issues that they've got, and we'll come into that in a minute. But um, you know, if you do win on Saturday, that sets you up for perfectly for them. You know, if you're if you're looking at seven or eight points when you've got you've yeah. got four games where you need to get four points or five points with two two really good home games and, and Fulham away, you don't know what you're going to get either. Um, by the way, we talk about Sheffield United and those Wolvesy thing to do. Wait till wait till Raul Jimenez plays against Wolves, and he hasn't scored a Premier League goal for two years. Crikey, we'll discuss no, no. that. We'll discuss that in a couple. Of, uh, can we put a bet on that now? Can we put a bet on that now? I think we're both there for it as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't go there yet. Don't go there yet. Oh god. Oh. Uh, there's been no narrative there, mate. It won't be a good, good game to cover anyway. Right. Okay. Um, moving quickly on, and and by the way, one one of my favourite questions this week, and and this was the highlight. Without a shadow of a doubt. Well, you know, car journeys with you always a highlight to Sheffield United as well, Liam. We, we, we enjoy it. We have a little laugh and a joke. We were soldered through um, on the way back, but it's it, it's fine. Uh, it didn't, didn't go particularly well as well when we walked from the car to the ground before the game and it was pouring down. And I get to the media entrance and realise that I've left my <laughs> left my tripod in the car. So uh, we both turned around and walked back, uh, which wasn't wasn't great for me. But I'm getting old. So you've got to understand that, and I will I will start forgetting things. What I did not forget on Saturday at half time was, and you might have seen the tweet, the three different shapes of cupcake or dessert that were available at Sheffield United. Oh my god. It was like a it was like a bish bis is it biscoff or bischoff? I don't know. Biscoff. <laughs> biscoff, I think. I don't really have it that much. It's a biscoff kind of like muffin um cupcake with like a, a caramel centre and the little biscoff biscuit on the top or there was a huge Oreo chocolatey deliciousness with with a big Oreo on top or there was a brownie on the bottom. I mean it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Very sweet. I did enjoy the biscoff but I think I think in hindsight I should have gone for the Oreo. In fact I should have gone for both. Or all three. Old Jude would have gone for all I three. Mean, I mean, I, I definitely could have had all three. I, I, yeah. I held myself back. Um, I chose Biscoff as well, and I was very pleased with my decision. Mm. And a lot of people replying to your tweet, not all, but a lot of people mm. were on the Biscoff hype as well. Oh, were they? So okay. I was, okay. Yeah, I was very, I was, I was impressed with the the taste out there. I mean, Oreo's great, don't get me wrong, but Biscoff's top tier. All right. Um, a few more questions and we'll, we'll go. Um, Ducky uh, says... Should Silver be loaned out to the lower leagues of English football? We know he can put the ball in the net, but can he do it in England? Um, the Championship's a good level, but I think I still think he's above that, to be honest. So no, uh, and, and anything lower than that, I think is a is silly. So no, definitely not. Um, I don't think it would. I, I, I was about to say I don't think it would suit him, but I understand the premise of the question is can he do it in England? But the Premier League is very different. To the, to the championship and, and those other leagues. So, yeah, I, I think that um, he, he'd benefit more from going, if he was to leave on loan, to go to go abroad again, to be honest. Um, this is probably something that will never happen. I don't think it will do. But 
It has happened in the Premier League, Liam. Let's say, I'll give you a conundrum, that in January Wolves bring in a wide player and they also bring a striker in. Fabio Silva is in no man's land yet again. They don't want to loan him out to Holland or Spain. Um, they what they still see that there's a chance with Fabio, but he needs to he needs to be playing. He needs to be playing week in week out. He needs to be getting more game time. He's not going to get it at Wolves. Would they ever loan him out to another Premier League club? And I'm saying this with a you know someone lower, maybe someone who's scrapping towards the bottom of the table, you know a Burnley or or a Sheffield United or someone like that, where they're like, look, we need a striker, we're desperate for strikers, hasn't worked out for us, we can't pay these inflated prices. You know, Wolves are out the relegation zone. Let's say they are 12th or 13th. They're, they're not in a relegation battle. They want teams to kind of be sucked back into it, or or you know, points taking off each other, while you can kind of put him into a a Premier League environment for six months where he's going to get more game time at Wolves. Other clubs have done it. Other clubs have loaned between themselves. Is it completely preposterous? Preposterous? Easy for me to say? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I know it's unlikely. I think it's unlikely, but I'm I just I'm putting un- it out there. I think it's unlikely. I think it would it would depend probably on whether it would affect Wolves or not. I think if it's a, yeah, if it's a, if Wolves are doing well and it's a club right down there, then yeah, I could see it potentially happening, but yeah, I think unlikely, not impossible. Probably abroad is more likely if he was to um, leave. If 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 they did still see a future with Fabio at the end of January when he wasn't getting a game, I mean, I would like to see him play ten games in a Premier League, ten Premier League starts. I just don't think he's going to get that out of Wolves. And if if he gets it somewhere else and it's going to benefit Wolves in the long term without hurting them in the short term, then I don't see any reason why they can't. It can't be a topic of discussion. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how it is. Okay, um, Adrian, good point here. Um, noticed this um, when we were recording with Mikey uh, pre-game on Saturday, uh, warming up, and Max Kilman was heavily bandaged on his leg. Uh, Adrian asking, do you know what injury Max Kilman is carrying at the moment? Because he definitely did have some some heavy banding around that, around that. I think it was his left leg. Yeah, so yeah, no, I had a, a quick check on this. Um, I think, yeah, I've been told that he felt something around his knee the Newcastle game um, but nothing sort of serious or, or particularly worrying hence why you know he was able to, to play on and, and sort of strap it up and everything so yeah no uh, sh- shouldn't be shouldn't be an issue but um, yeah just something to to maybe keep an eye on and one that um, yeah they were trying to be a little bit cautious with uh, ben Wilson says, I agree with Liam that I don't believe there's a conscious bias against wars from officials. So when are we going to start getting some dodgy decisions in our favour? This is another way to attack it, isn't it? Because I, I, I giggle to myself sometimes because I know for a fact that when there is a contentious decision or a decision where it could go in Wolves' favour, you just know, you just know that they're going to make the correct call on the field that will be against Wolves. That's, that's, it's just, <laughs> just going to happen. When there's something where it's like, oh, could they get away with this? Or do you think that might be? Do you think they might get... Though no, I know that they will make overall the right call and it'll end up screwing Wolves. It's very possible. However, I will also throw in this, that it's human nature to, to some extent and a little bit of unconscious bias where a referee or a VAR, whatever it might be, might almost even it up. A little bit because they they'll all be aware of Wolves' gripes over the last few weeks and, and to be honest, last few years have been perfectly brutal. So um, 
I think that they there's a chance that Wolves could get something a little bit touchy. Um, obviously, that's great in the sense that you know you want Wolves to get a little bit of payback. But if I'm being honest, I, I'd just rather see no dodgy decisions. I'd rather see everything be correct, and that's obviously difficult to 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 reach. But you've got to get as close to perfection as possible, and they're way off that at the moment. They certainly are, my friend. Um... Few more questions. I'm just going to go through them quickly. Uh, Richie, we kind of talked about um, VAR, about scrapping it. Absolutely, completely agree. Uh, there's quite a few questions about the weekend, uh, including one about: Do we start Fabio to inject some pace in our front line, offer him some support on Saturday? Maybe answer that, and then we'll go on to Spurs. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely quicker than than Sasha, but Fabio isn't blessed with a lot of pace. It's not his one of his strength, I would say. Um, but stranger things have happened. It, it wouldn't. I wouldn't predict that Gary O'Neill is going to start Fabio against Spurs but I also don't think it's completely out of the question off the table yeah definitely not you know especially considering the way that Spurs play and the way that um, Fabio might be able to get some space and, and maybe having Cunha as a bit of a more of a free role again would give Wolves opportunities but um, yeah it's going to be really really telling you know how these next few weeks go in terms of fixtures and how much Fabio is used as to as to where his future lies, I think. Right. Um, it's Wolves, it's Spurs, it's 12th day kickoff. It is on TNT Sports. Um, a very interesting game, this. Look, of course, Wolves have got to go without their best player in Pedro Neto. We know that. However, if anyone saw the crazy, and I mean crazy game on Monday Night Football, bizarre game to. If you were covering that game, Liam, goodness me, I think we'd still be talking about it now in our analysis. Absolutely insane game. So many talking points, but in terms of it affecting um, Spurs on, on Saturday and their trip to Wolves, I mean, three out of their four who started that back line, um, apart from Pedro Porro, all going to miss the game. Romero suspended, red card, Adogi suspended, um, two bookings, red card off. Van der Ven looks like he's um, injured his hamstring. He's going to be out for at least three to four weeks. He's definitely not going to be playing um, in the game as well. So three out of their starting back four. Um, will not be present on Saturday, guaranteed. Add to that, uh, James Madison, who hobbled off as well, we're still waiting for an update, but you've got to think that he's highly doubtful. And then you look at the team and you look at the players that they might put in. Yes, you've got you know Eric Dyer and a few others who, who will come in. Um, and, and look, um, Emerson Royale, I'm sure, and you know, all this skip, but uh, Hoiberg. But at the same time, you know, they will have a, a decent side, a strong side out as they're starting 11. I'm not sure what the bench will look like. But it's still a great time to play them. Add to that, Richarlison, who, you know, you look and think, OK, well, Richarlison's going to come in now. And he says that he needs an operation and he's probably going to do it sooner rather than later. He could be out of the game as well. It's it's a fantastic time to play them and a great rebound game for Wolves, who, if they play, if they start well, um, have got every chance of getting a result in this game. Yeah, absolutely. A, a quick rundown. So we've got... Um, in terms of long-term absences, these players wouldn't have been available for Spurs anyway. Perisic, Solomon and Sessignon are all out. Um, on top of that, you've got Davis, who I think against Palace recently picked up an injury. He didn't train or, or play for the Chelsea game. You'd imagine he's out, Ben Davis. Richarlison, you, you just mentioned. Romero, Doji both suspended. And then Madison and Van der Ven. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine first-team players there. Now, obviously, as I say, three of them were already long-term absentees anyway. But... Um, nine first-team players all missing, and particularly in the defensive positions, you wonder what they might put out. I think, just to quickly focus on Spurs, I think Hoiberg probably comes in and plays as a centre-back, because he mm -hmm. has played there previously. 
Dyer, you would imagine, comes in. Yeah. Emerson Royale probably fits in on one of the fullback. I don't, I don't know whether he might be either him or Porro could switch to the left and they might mm-hmm. may play both of them. Um, and then you've got obviously whether Madison is available or not. I think they're slightly more optimistic on Madison than they are um, any other injuries. But again, it's obviously yeah. a big question mark. But you've and got Kulishevsky, Johnson, and, and Son is still a very good front three. Exactly. You've got Johnson, you've got Kulishevsky. Um, Son, you've got someone like Lasalso could coming off the bench. You've got uh, Gail Lucan coming off the bench, or Gil, how do you pronounce it? Sorry. <laughs> so, um, I always think when I see Gil, I was like, oh, you, you probably Simpsons probably wasn't your gig, but Gil, I was like, Gil used to be kind of like this, Mate, this Simpsons old is my gig, hundred percent. I love it. Was it? Was it? Big time. I thought I in your in your time. in your tweens generation in the in the noughties, it kind of went a bit meh, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I two thousand tens and stuff. Oh, okay. It. Old school episodes, great. I mean, the, the stuff they put out now, absolute. Oh my god, it's dreadful. I can't watch it. So sad. <laughs> so sad. But Gil used to be Gil. Gil used to always be the guy who's trying to get the deal, and oh, he got scuppered last minute. Oh, good old Gil. Gil. Oh, Gil. Go on. You remind me of Mole Man. <laughs> Stop it now. <laughs> oh, we just. Like and yeah, I'm going to get you at the end of this podcast. We do discuss um, that. Um, obviously, me being advancing in years, and maybe sometimes um, my my dress may be a little bit younger. Um, there was a, there was a Wolves women's game that I attended. Uh, when it was when it was lovely and, and sunny, Liam at Telford, and I looked at the dress that I was wearing. I was wearing some sort of um, Taylor dress. Swift T-shirt. And some some short shorts and a baseball cap. And I did a post match video. I looked at myself and gone, "You need to you need to sort yourself out." I, I did look like Mole Man with his um his baseball cap and his shorts and his cowabunga dude. <laughs> uh, so we've uh, we've had the Mole Man joke ever since, haven't we? It's an we in have. joke in the old ENS. It is an chat. in joke. Um, anyway, back to back moving to on. Football. So yeah, you know specifically from a, a defensive point of view, they are going to be. They are going to be struggling, aren't they, Spurs? Um, albeit, as you say, they're going to have a very strong starting eleven still, on the, and they, you know, they've done very well this season under under Postacoglu, and and I think they're looking they're looking pretty strong. So it's always going to be difficult for Wolves. I wonder how Wolves might set up and you know this sort of system and and personnel. I think I've cracked the code. Oh, I think I've cracked the code. I think, oh. I, I, think I think I know what he's going to do. Go on then. Guaranteed this is wrong, so I think I know what he's going to do. Yeah, nailed on. <laughs> nailed on, it's wrong. Nailed on, nailed on, it's wrong. So obviously he's he's been doing this sort of hybrid 5-4 formation setup, mm-hmm. and, and Gary Neal sort of laughs whenever formations are brought up, even when the questions aren't about formations. Um, and uh, yeah, because Aitnor is playing as a wing-back one minute, then he's left wing another minute. Yeah, yeah. Totti Gomez coming over to left back, playing centre back, all these kind of things. So, mm-hmm. I think it'll be the same. Let, let's call it a five for now. But obviously, it's a bit of a hybrid. Let's let's call it Saar and a back five. So that, okay, that back six is. I'm gonna. I don't think changes. I think they stay. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Lamina and Jao Gomez start together. I agree. And then I think they play Huang and Cunha, which I think is is obvious. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't play. So mm-hmm. it comes down to this this other position. Then, mm-hmm. whether Sasha keeps his place, whether it was another strike, whether it's Fabio, whether it's Sarabia, whatever, mm-hmm. I think it'll be Bellegarde. Yeah. And my reasons for that is he can play out wide. I think he'll probably start out on the left, but with Aint mm-hmm. Nori coming in as a winger when Wolves got possession, he'll come inside. Um, Bellegarde will. So they've got almost both opportunities for him to pick the ball up in pockets of space. And I think the way that Spurs play, particularly when you saw some of that. High line defending against Chelsea. I think Huang 
Cunha and Bellegarde has got the potential to cause Spurs lots of problems if they defend in a similar way. Now, obviously, if you had Neto, that would be ideal because him running beyond that defence would cause them all, all sorts of issues. But I think Bellegarde is the best alternative option to that. Um, and he also hopefully will get uh, the opportunity to get forward as well. So that's what I think That's what I think he'll do. But Go on. it's not guaranteed because I've, I predicted it. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to a bit of a spoiler here um, that we started doing predicted teams on Friday. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a graphic and talk about um, our our way that I think the Wolves will line up on the Saturday. Really excited for, for this Friday because both of our teams are going to be exactly identical um, on the whole pace. <laughs> so, so super. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think Balagard comes in. I think Sasa um, goes out of the side. Um, and, and, of course, the other one is when you're recalling Joe Gomez, means that Tommy Doyle, who started on Saturday, doesn't get the chance. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with Tommy Doyle, I've got to be honest, against Sheffield United. And I was, um, you know, he played, Wolves were going to get a lot of possession, which they did in the game. Um, but I didn't think his distribution was particularly good. I know the conditions are very difficult and he'll have better games. And obviously he was excellent when he came on against Bournemouth, but didn't hasn't done enough for me to... Um, especially the way that this game's going to go as well. I think I'd rather have Xiao Gomez, someone who's who's chomping at the bit and and obviously capable of not only you know having a stormer you know across the across the centre midfield, but also can can nick you a goal as and when possible and join that attack with um, allowing a Lamina um, to kind of you know crab across that back four, so to speak. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with with on Doyle. I don't think he got on the ball enough, and when he did, it wasn't really in the right positions to impact the game so yeah I'd agree with that and I think the way that Spurs play and the types of midfielders they've got as well I think Jao Gomez with a bit of bite in there is probably going to help Wolves um, mm. particularly at home as well so yeah I would um, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that and yeah out of interest are you going to have Bellegarde on the left or the right or where are you going to have him in your predicted team because for me I'm going to I'm going to have him I'm going to have yeah, so maybe it might be slightly different. I'm not actually going to have Bellegarde just in behind um, with the front two of Huang and Cunha, and then they can all move around. But I'll probably have him almost like in that attacking midfield slot, almost like a bit of a free roll um, with yeah. all those three kind of like inter interchanging during the game. Yeah, pretty similar rather to than me, a front one, three. For me, he's going to be on the left, Huang on the right. Okay. As a okay. sort of setup for the image. Oh, good. I, I, gra- think... I graphic will look a little bit different then, at least. That's something. Yeah, with, with Aitnori Nori overlapping and maybe becoming a winger, I think he comes inside sure. and plays in sure. those sort of pockets. Okay, well, there you go. That's thoroughly enjoyable. Make sure you click on the link and uh, give us lots of money on Friday uh, when, you, <laughs> when your predicted teams come out. Um, okay, so predicted teams. Let's go predicted score before... Um, someone can win obviously some some incredible hair trimmers um, all over your body, top to bottom. Happy days plus a training shirt. It's just an absolute no brainer. Um, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you the floor of the last one to speak because obviously I missed out, albeit so close uh, from the win. So I'll predict first and I'll leave it to you to finish off the show, Mr. Liam Keane. I'm going to say I'm going to say Wolverhampton Wanderers two. Tottenham Hotspur, one, two-one, a two-one home win for Wolverhampton Wanderers. I feel they're all over the shop at the back. Wolves take advantage. I actually think that Spurs might score first. I'm going to say Spurs winning at half time, but Wolves end up winning the game at full time. Uh, I'm going to say that they win two-one, cracking win, late goal. Are you going with my prediction? We're going with your prediction, okay. Bebe. 
Okay. Very quickly as well, mm. the predicted teams by Friday could very well change if we go to the Gary Neal press conference and uh, <laughs> That's very true. Everyone, everyone's out injured. So bear that in mind if you listen That's to the podcast. That's very true. Very true. I'm going to go Wolves 2. Mm-hmm. Spurs 2. Oh, Desmond! He's gone Desmond. the Desmond! I've gone for the Desmond. He's gone the Desmond. The Desmond uh, yeah, route. I think, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be an entertaining game. Back okay. Forth, score draw. Love it. Bit of a Desmond. Hey, look. Between us, seven goals. We'll take that. We'll take we'll take a few goals on the game. Absolutely. Uh, it, you're right. This could be a bit of a cracker. This could be a sneaky cracker. Um, in the lead up to Christmas. So hopefully. Hopefully they uh, they get three points, but you know two two entertaining happy days going into the inter- another international break, Liam. I can't believe it. Um, Amazing. When are we going to be back? When are we going to be back? Uh, back next week, I think. Yeah, we'll do we'll do one next week, uh, which will be kind of uh, go over the two weeks, and we'll probably preview the the Fulham game, I think, as well in that one. But I uh, hope you've enjoyed it, Liam. I apologise. Eighty seven minutes, an hour and a half. I thought it was going to be an hour. I said an hour, an hour and five minutes, absolutely max. An hour and twenty seven in, an hour and twenty eight now, but. You know, we love it. We love it. We love Wolves and we love you guys who listen to us every single week. Thank you so much um, uh, for, for being with us. And hopefully we shall see you. Well, we'll be at the press on Friday. We'll obviously be at the game Saturday. Um, and fingers crossed, three points from me, from Kino. Have a great weekend. We love you all. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>